Welcome to the Dash Podcast. I'm your host, Trey Gammons, and today joining me is Miss Erica Weatherly. She's a licensed counselor for social work. She's currently an educational consultant and has formerly been a school-based clinical counselor, parenting facilitator, middle school teacher, and targeted case manager. So she's done it all, and I'm excited to give you her journey in this conversation. But before we get started, I have to let you know that my first book, Every Decision Counts came out on January 1st, and you can go to TreyGamers.com right now to make your purchase. It's a social and emotional learning workbook for middle and high school students, and it's something that you can read as a whole class, as direct instruction, or you can use it for a reflection or tier two intervention in your own classroom. Go to TreyGamers.com to buy your copy of the book or sign up to learn about your free social and emotional learning inventory. And now let's get back to our episode with Miss Erica Worthily. Thank you so much again for joining us today, ma'am. How are you doing? I'm doing wonderful. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Thank you for joining me today and, and working with me today. You know, I looking at your LinkedIn profile, I just see that you've got so much uh, experience in education. Can you talk to me some, Miss Worthily, about your experience and how you got to where you are today? Yes. The beginning of my education experience was volunteering in my children's classrooms mm. uh, from the time that they were young, whether that was reading in the classroom or going on field trips, getting to know the students and teachers. And then when they were in eighth, ninth, and 10th grade, I became a teacher myself um, while also starting a master's program in social work. And I taught for seven years full time. And through that experience, I was able to recognize and notice some things that could impede or impact the ability for educators to reach their students. And so my, my lens was a little bit different from other teachers because of the social work, social worker in me. Um, I kind of viewed things a little bit differently. So even though I don't teach full-time anymore, I still continue to work with schools and work with educators. Hmm. Why has that been so important to you to, to continue working with um, schools and educators, but keep the social work background? So I feel like some people will say that they're not at all similar, but obviously from your perspective, we can look at school and social work and see that a lot of the kids in our school system um, may have a social worker at home or may be involved with a social worker or a counselor that's helping them through some traumatic experience or situation that they're in outside of school. That is, in fact, true. Um, social work is actually very broad. Um, there's a lot of areas that social workers cover, whether it's in schools and government and neighborhood agencies and, and things of that nature. For me, it was a matter of being able to understand and recognize that there is more to a child than their test scores and the data that you receive and whatever their behavior records show, there's more to it than that. Um, and being able to look at what types of environments they're in, what kind of family backgrounds they have, mm -hmm. what kind of educational backgrounds their parents may have, and looking at the whole child not just sit just necessarily as they are sitting in your classroom but what is their complete story yeah. and due to me having um 
those different perspectives, I was able as an educator to kind of see beyond, well, this child is seeping in my class or this child has a bad attitude or whatever the case may be going on. I was able to ask different questions from what were being asked by my colleagues and ask the parents different questions from what they were being asked to get a better picture of how I could build a relationship mm -hmm. with students that may have been experiencing challenges, um, whether it's because they had experienced some type of trauma, because they are having some type of developmental challenge or whatever the case may be, just getting a, a full picture of what's going on. Right, right. So what in, in your consultancy, what kind of strategies or best practices are you helping teachers and schools understand that are able to help them make these these leaps and these bounds in um, the social emotional learning competencies? One of the things that I emphasize is communication. As the adults, we're teaching children, yes, academic concepts, but we're also teaching them how to communicate. And I think that's the biggest key to everything. Yeah. Yeah. Community does not mean as the adult you do all the talking and the child is supposed to sit and listen. At some point, the adults need to stop and listen to the children. Mm -hmm. The children will let you know everything that's going on, but a lot of times there's no pause in the conversation or in the lesson where a child is able to express whatever they need to express in order to receive whatever is being taught. Right, right. You're absolutely right. I mean, you're you're speaking my language here, Erica, because <laughs> I'm so about the other side of that report card. And you know, I was a kid that went to eight different schools uh, between you know K-12, and I went to one college that was my eighth. But I uh, moved eleven different times and really had a different experience. But I was a fortunate I was fortunate enough to have uh, family around me and support around me that none of those ever affected me like they do some of the kids that we have in school then are experiencing much more traumatic situations. So I, I think that's so important to hit on the communication skills. And, you know, I've, I, I work with schools myself delivering uh, professional development to teachers about communication skills and students as well, you know, but I think there's still a stigma for some reason around building what probably is wrongly cued soft skills because Right. <laughs> that we're talking about are not soft, they're professional skills or communication right. skills or life skills or work skills. So, you know, when we talk about building emotional intelligence, some people scoff at it because it's a lot of times a growth that you can't see, but one that we're still trying to figure out how to quantify. How do you help the people that you're working with understand the value of the solution that you're trying to give them? I think that a lot of times when I'm able to share specific stories of specific children, whether it's children that they've encountered or you know, whether it's experiences I've had as a teacher. I think being able to share some of those detailed experiences and how they worked out makes a difference in how the educators receive the information that we provide when it comes to social and emotional learning. Mm -hmm. There's a difference between following a curriculum and following a guide and actually knowing what that looks like and what the outcomes can possibly be. So that being said, sometimes we come up with solutions 
um, for educators, but we don't necessarily give them specific or catered or tailor-made strategies for what mm -hmm. may be going on in that. I, I remember as an educator sitting in a training before, and I honestly can't remember what it was, but about half of the educators were sitting in that room looking at them like, I know what you're saying, and I know you're saying that it worked, but I don't know how this is going to work for me. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like, like literally sitting back, including me sitting back with my arms folded, like, this is not, this is not what we need. <laughs> mm. um, so, you know, those are the kind of things, you know, my experiences such as that, where I have these takeaways where I want people to be able to say, okay, there's this one child in my class. And I know that they've experienced oh. homelessness. I know that they've experienced poverty. I know that they're one of seven children how do i reach this child mm -hmm. and being able to in training and providing professional development being able to provide very specific solutions i think makes a huge difference yeah yeah absolutely so when you're in those discussions among other people who may have individual children in that specific or similar situations where they say okay for this particular child in my class these are the few things that I'm going to try with this child. Right. That so, way you're not like throwing a book trying to figure out what works and <laughs> trying, trying 10, 12, 15 different things. And it's like, it's not working. If you can give me a specific story, I can possibly provide you with some specific solutions to try. Mm -hmm. So when you're approaching working with the school, you know, I think from, from two ends now. So from, from your perspective, um, how do you help a school understand what they need to solve and like you know how are you digging into those problems and on the other end as a school how do i know what i who i need to hire for professional development how can i prepare myself to bring in the right person that's going to teach the right training or facilitate the right information to my people so they're not feeling like you were sitting back and um you know not knowing how can the school be more prepared for bringing somebody in that's going to add value to the teachers Again, I'll say it goes back to communication. I think teachers need to do a better job of communicating with their leaders instead of just taking in the information. I think they need to give information. Hmm. And I think that's one of the things that's missing. The school leaders are making decisions, but there a lot of them are making decisions without the input of the ed educators. And that being said, I've had to repeat, honestly, honesty is what's needed because a lot of the teachers aren't aren't being honest about what they're experiencing mm -hmm. and so if you're not, not being honest about what you're experiencing how's the leader gonna be able to provide solutions that solve the challenges that you're experiencing wow so a lot of that has to do with getting the educators to look themselves in the mirror and is it am i teaching science or am i teaching children yeah Yes, you might love science, but if you don't love children and love working with young people, education may not be the area for you. You know what I mean? Like that, that my first love, I can always say my first love has always been children, which is again, why I choose to continue working in the education system. Why? Majority of the children are in a school. Mm -hmm. Majority of the children are encountering teachers and school leaders. 
So if I want, I want to have a positive impact on the kids, I need to work with the adults that work with the kids. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I'm, I, I love that wholeheartedly. I feel the exact same way about the kids. You know, I was doing speaking engagements before and was wanting to talk to youth. I was like, man, you know, it, <laughs> it's great to talk for 30 minutes and have an impact, but what if I could work with the teachers who are with right. them eight hours a day? You know, right. spending more of their life from six to 18 with exactly. the than they are with their parents, you know, or with anything else. So, you know, I feel right. like that's a, that's a great opportunity that we have there to really build the kids up, you know, to build them up. And I, and I love what you said. Teachers aren't being honest about their experience. That is so, <laughs> that is so true. You know, yeah. how, how do we get here, Erica? How do we get to a place where our teachers are not, what is it? They don't trust the administration enough to speak up. Um, I, don't know that it, I don't know if it's a matter of not trusting the administration, but I think it's fear of, um, what is the word I'm looking for? Like that the administration may not be confident in their capability if they say mm -hmm. I'm having this problem and they fear that you can't handle it. Gotcha. gotcha. And then you're losing their job. I've had, when I was working as a teacher, you know, during my planning period time, a lot of times was filled with talking to other educators who had their own personal challenges going on and they just needed somebody wow. to talk to. Wow. <laughs> Come to me, a fellow teacher, and not necessarily go to the principal and say, hey, I need to take these three days off. I have these um, crises going on in my own life. And right now, I can't be all I can be for my kids. But instead, we work until the point of burnout and never able to quite find that balance between pouring ourselves into our students and into our classrooms and pouring into ourselves individually, as well as if we have a family, mm -hmm. being able to give what they need you know i i know teachers that you know they may work 10 12 hours a day and i and i say when do you spend time with your own children because mm -hmm. they need you yeah <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah that that's that's so real my me and my wife were just talking about it too you know sometimes you may be in the school building she asked you you know do you ever think about your own brothers while you're on campus working with the other kids it's like you know actually yeah sometimes i do you know i try to compartmentalize and be able to separate you know my problems or, or not even my problems just my life from the school that i'm working at but you're you're so right and that that makes a lot of sense a fear of incompetence because we put so many standards on teachers i saw a, a video i think of box and they were saying about how america's teachers are more worked than any other teachers in the world you know on average yeah. we put in nine to ten hours <laughs> of a day but get paid like 20 to 25 percent less than the other teachers and, mm -hmm. and have so much more extra stuff to do. Teach you the content, prepare you for the test. I've got to, you know, do your behavior data. I got to do benchmarks. I got to turn in my list. You've got so much that you've got to worry about and you only get that one hour to plan. You got 25 right. kids, you know, with parents that are doing what, there's just so much that you have. And I can see how a lot of times it feel like, feels like administration is out to get you instead of feeling like they're with you. Right, right. And, and even with that, like amongst the school leadership, being able to be on the same page, I've seen that as a challenge for some assistant principals or assistant school leaders, hmm. being able to find that balance as well, because they're responsible for so many teachers and 
all of these different checklists and we have to have this and we have to have this. I don't think there's, you know, uh, schools are expected to implement social emotional learning into their um, classrooms, into their curriculum, but I don't think the social intelligence and emotional intelligence is promoted amongst the staff. Right. Their interactions with each other. Right. Right. That and that's again, you know, you're you're hitting on the spot. You know, I have become a huge fan of Castle over the last year and their framework for SEL because yes. um it, it talks about adult SEL and, and I didn't even realize for a while, you know, I, I do have I have an emotional intelligence and communication certification through um DISC. Um, okay. like a behavior analysis or personality assessment type thing, you know, so I, I've done that, but I didn't realize where it stood in the field of education. So when I started helping teachers, it was like being an emotional coach. I didn't realize that it was also <laughs> called adult SEL, you know, which right. is thing. you know, teachers are coming into the classroom with their own baggage, bias and blind spots and you teach who you are. So, you know, if that kid's giving you an attitude, you probably gave the same thing to them. You, they, right. they, they're just going to reflect reflect what you're giving them or what they're getting at home. So you really got to be able to check yourself and be self-aware to a place where you've got to, you've got to have a, a higher level of emotional and social intelligence than your students do. And that's right. not always the case. Yes. I think that a lot of times, and, I, and I've seen it happen. I watch faces when I do training. <laughs> You know, and I say, sometimes you're the trigger. And teachers are mm. like, what? Mm. Me? Yes, you. <laughs> this situation could have gone so many different ways if you were in control of your own emotions. <laughs> right. That's so true. That's so true. Um, you know, I, I love it. I appreciate the, the direction that you've taken in using social work and education to bridge these gaps that we have. And, you know, even the, the awareness to understand uh, where you were coming from as a parent volunteering and how you could use your skills to to impact the world of education. So I, I, I feel confident when I speak to folks like yourself and know that we're going the right direction, you know, where, where we really are making things happen and doing the right thing. So Erica, where, where can the people find you at? Um, yeah, where can they come and see you? Talk to well, you. Well, I have uh, my website is ericanworthily.com, and that's Erica with a C, N as in Nicole. Worthily is W-O-R-T-H-E-R-L-Y.com. I have services that I provide on my website, as well as events that I'll be attending, a couple of conferences coming up in the next few months that I'll be traveling to online. Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram by my name. I don't, you know, I don't hide from people. <laughs> um, so I can be reached any of those, any of those ways. Yeah, good deal. Good deal. And I love your website. Um, I've already pulled it up. It, it looks great. You know, so definitely go and check that out. Thank you so much for coming to talk to us. Is there any final words that you want to leave to the people listening right now? Yes. As a matter of fact, I would say be sure that as an educator you're taking care of yourself and doing those things that you genuinely enjoy mm. Mm. i think that that's what you know people people put themselves on the back burner burner too often yeah yeah you can't say it any better it seems so simple and obvious but we we don't always take advantage of it you'll need to be reminded 
Yep, absolutely. So thank you for that reminder. And thank you so much for listening to the Dash podcast. It's always a pleasure talking to folks like Erica, because just as it is a joy for you, it's a joy for me as well, and kind of a coaching session, if you will. So thank you for joining us. Go visit ericamworthily.com, find her on social media, and also go check out treygamers.com to purchase your copy of Every Decision Counts and sign up for a time to talk about your free social and emotional learning inventory with me. We will see you next time. This is The Dash.